Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. How would you respond if you found what you were asking was never heard? How would that make you feel? Would you question your own actions as the cause for the silence? What if you found it was actually God that caused the hindrance? Now many would say God wouldn't do that. Or would he? If you found God actually did hinder your prayers, would that change your perspective of him? Would you ask God why he hinders something so important as prayer, since what you're asking has significance in your life and it may involve the lives of others? If everything God does is good, then hindering prayer would be good also, right? Can you think of any reason God would hinder your prayers? You got your tanks. Let's dive in. This segment is titled, Discipleship the Way of Life, Hindered. First, I'd like to make a statement to all the ladies who are spouses. I know you've heard several Godcasts go. There would be a Godcast specifically for husbands. Well, today, God the Holy Spirit has placed this topic of hindered front and center. Now, I pray that you will see this Godcast is more than husband bashing or a parade of husbands for that matter. Please understand, each Godcast, whether it brings forth edification, teaching, enlightenment, reproof, correction, or training in righteousness, you must expect and anticipate it will be in the same thread and context as all the other Godcasts. As you should know and understand, Jesus commands all of his disciples to live out Matthew 4 for every day. And all includes you ladies as well, my fellow disciples, as God's word fills our hearts and saturates our minds. Amen. So the goal of this God cast aligns with what God said through his disciple Paul to the disciples in Ephesus in Ephesians 4.15. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. So husbands, it's out of love in my role and responsibility as a disciple of Jesus, bringing the good news with the expectation of listening to what God is saying, being committed to your own spiritual growth and maturity as you continue to walk the way Jesus did as his disciple. Amen. One of the great blessings as a disciple of Jesus is when your own life, not someone else's, yours, becomes a living testimony of what God has said is available and happens through this new creature, you. Today, your testimony is your life and the evidence of the wonderful work of God in and through your life. Today we're diving into this very powerful and sobering passage that God said through his disciple Peter in 1 Peter 3, 7. God says, you husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as someone weaker since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Now, you disciples that are yet to be married, please continue to listen. This will be something God desires for you to put in your spiritual spice bag because as many husbands will testify, you will need God's instruction, provision, cultivation, fruits, and discipline because God is truly concerned with every facet of your body, mind, soul, and spirit as well. Amen? And when God blesses you with a wife, you then take on a great responsibility of not only her life, but also any children that God blesses that comes from the fruit of her womb. 
If you are going to honor your wife, glorify God, and keep your prayers from being hindered, then you as a husband must make a constant practice of living by Jesus' command in Matthew 4.4. Amen? So hang in there, and I anticipate God the Holy Spirit will illuminate your hearts and minds as he will ours who are husbands. Therefore, as you know, you will hear on Diving Deep with DL often. Just look at the pure milk of the word. And what that means is look, analyze, meditate, and cogitate on what God is actually saying. Actually saying. That way, you will be able to personalize what God's word is saying as opposed to seeing that God was only speaking to the people that are in his word. And please understand, as a disciple of Jesus, you must understand God loves you so much that he would write his word to you, my fellow disciple. And when you live as God's word is living and active versus outdated and to the changing times, it applies all along the linear line of time, a line, by the way, which you're living on. So you will begin to be obedient to what God says, and then you will find yourself applying his proven truths, just like everyone along the linear line of time that has, and has caused millions of hearts and minds to be renewed, lives transformed, marriages restored, wounds healed, love deepened, and it began with the first ones up till today. Please believe and understand God's word will outlast any other written word, strategy, concept, or philosophy humanity could ever devise or produce. And you will be adequate and equipped for every good work that God has ordained for you today. And living with your wife in an understanding way is one of those good works. That's a memory verse that I think you should surely have. It's Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them, and that life, verse, will come alive in you as you begin to believe that with all your heart. Now I'll reread 1 Peter 3.7 again, and then let's dive in. 1 Peter 3.7 says, You husbands in the same way, Live with your wives in an understanding way, as someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. So, first, may I ask, and I want to totally refute the deception that God's word only applies to those people back there. God didn't say those husbands. He said you husbands. Now, who are the yous? If you are someone reading his word and proclaiming that you're a quote-unquote Christian, that should make you a disciple of Jesus. If the you is who God is speaking to, then it must be you. If you listen to what God is saying to you, then the pure milk of the word is God is speaking to me. Because the me is you, and the me in you is I. I am the husband that God is really speaking to. Now, husbands, here's a simple truth. Unbelievers and the only true God do not read his word. So, he ain't speaking to them. Agreed? Therefore, God is speaking to those who read his word. That would make you 
a believer in the only true God, right? If you are married and a disciple, God is speaking to you, is he not? So the pure milk of the word, I am married, which makes me a husband. I love and serve the only true God. I am proclaiming that God has delivered me from the domain of darkness, and my flesh and sin that had control over my life has lost its power, and I am the husband God is speaking to. And just like we have looked at the first two words of the passage, you husbands, now God says live. This is an action word. God intends for his disciples to be more than just an occupier of the same dwelling space as your wife. Being the provider, yes, taking care of the things that need to be done with your strength and abilities, yes. But it's being a form of life in and her, excuse me, it's being a form of life in and through her life. That's what God intended when the two became one flesh and began living out this phenomenal spiritual bond ever known to humankind that is only found in one man and one woman through marriage. You as a husband have spiritual responsibilities that God has entrusted to you as her husband. And it becomes in effect at the very moment you make your vow to God and continues throughout your relationship until your last breath. And just a reminder, God will hold you accountable, just like he held Adam accountable for his lack of spiritual leadership in Eve's life. You can count on that. Therefore, you must be diligent to follow the same acts of Jesus that he demonstrated on how you must live as his disciple. Because the plain old truth, the way you live with your wife is a reflective of your relationship with God. You may disagree. And you have a right to do that. But the truth is, in your actions, they are displayed, whether secretly or visible. So, what would your children say as to how you speak and act toward your wife? And even though the door may be closed, their ears are wide open. And if they know God's word, because as a disciple of Jesus, they should know his, his word... But they're watching you as a husband and a parent. And if they knew God's word, they'd be able to compare your words and actions to what God has said. And the way you should live as a husband. Am I right? So either way of living is discernible. That's where you have, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, then it must be a... That does make me wonder, though. Could that be the reason why so many husbands refuse to bring God's word into their homes? Because that way, what they say goes, how they act is the law, and they are God, with a small g, of course, versus what God says is how we live, and therefore those husbands can get away with ungodly behavior, which is really sinful behavior, and then they find sin running rampant in and out of their lives and their homes? Well, if God is saying wives to be submissive to their husbands, then husbands are to be submissive to God. When you as a husband proclaim that your wife must submit to your authority, be respectful and obedient to your instructions and commands, since you are the quote-unquote man of the house, then I will testify as the man of the house you must be reverent, humble, and submissive to God's authority and obedient to his commands. It's as simple as that. 
You must imitate Jesus as the spiritual leader in your home. He's the perfect example to imitate and follow. You must have other disciples active in your life. And you must be open and authentic with those men. As a disciple, you read, study, and meditate on God's word. It's common practice with your spouse. Praying together is also a common practice. And responding to God, the Holy Spirit's work, teaching, and prompting will be the evidence of this life of discipleship and will ensure you'll be prosperous in your role and responsibilities and actions as a disciple of Jesus. Could it be that one experiences difficulty in their marriage because they themselves are living in opposition to God's word? Which results in ungodliness spreading in the home? Everyone is following the acts of the unspiritual leader? Now when all are following the lead of a spiritually ineffective leader in a home, what type of home environment would it be? You tell me. The simple truth, if goodness flows and spreads, then evil flows and spreads as well. God intends for living together as truly joined together, working faithfully and diligently on the spiritual oneness that he's established. As one flesh, not influenced and controlled by your flesh, you function in one accord, one spiritual essence with complete unity of heart. Yes, you can and will think differently. Yes, still have and maintain your flesh. But God does not remove the uniqueness of your existence, but you do act as one as you delight in each other as the Trinity is three divine persons acting in one essence and delighting in each other. You possess and demonstrate before God combined spiritual growth in and by the work of God the Holy Spirit who provides you with wisdom, discernment, and understanding. Those coupled with other key components of your relationship and are crucial to the wholeness of your marriage relationship. So, why would God desire his disciples to live with their wife in an understanding way? Well, the truthful answer is, if you don't, your prayers will be hindered. And the amazing thing I've learned over the years, what God says he means and what he says he will do, he will do. You can count on that. So, simple question. There are your prayers. You most certainly would not, could not, and did not hinder them. Then do tell who did. Listen again to what God actually says. So that your prayers will not be hindered. If God says he will deliver, Shouldn't you live with that expectation? When he says your sin is forgiven by the blood of Jesus, shouldn't you live as it is? Well, the pure milk of the word is. You live with your wife, excuse me, you live with your wife in an understanding way, and God listens to your prayers. You don't? Hindered. NGA. Now, you can deceive yourself and say God would listen, but when you live in a seared mind like, I think I will do what I want, and be deceived as you suppose he will do what you think he will do, when in actuality he won't, and you're calling God a liar then, that he would listen when he says hindered. Now, do tell, who do you think is right, God 
who is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient, the only true God who is holy, righteous, and just, who has provided you with his written word, understanding, who is sovereign over all his creation, who has made new life in a dead creature that's eternal, unchanging, inscrutable, unfathomable, and unsearchable, or a flawed human being that possesses a sinful flesh, an easily influenced, corrupted mind, where they are controlled by their flesh, their flesh orders their steps, and their thought, words, and deeds are a true evidence of its dominion, and they live by it. Now the question is, who do you believe is right and truly in control? Why would God have to do what you say? Could it be you think he should? Because you made him out to be what you think he should be and do? Because you made God into what you think God is as God? Versus who and what God says and proved he is, was, and will be. You must think, and most importantly believe, what God says he will do, he will do all of it, every letter and stroke. And the plain old truth? You must believe the truth, which is by the way, that's the life, that is really the one with a capital O that's speaking the truth and the way to God the Father and eternal life to you as his disciple. So why depend on living in the flesh in the physical realm versus in the spirit where God the Holy Spirit is impacting your work and life? The physical only brings forth physical things, where the spirit brings forth spiritual things. You're regenerated and become submissive to God's, the Holy Spirit's teaching, prompting, and work. And it is vital to your wholeness, wellness, vitality, and usefulness in your relationship with your wife. Believe that. God, the Holy Spirit, influences your heart, directs your steps. He listens for God's direction and instruction, and he will never attend, join, or focus on your directions or your directives or your demands, nor move in subjection to your commands. He works powerfully in and through the lives of Jesus' disciples, and his work is unmatched by any human best efforts. He creates the capability within the spiritual existence of his disciples to accomplish the Father's will in the life of each husband as, they, as God's leader, God's spiritual leader of their wife. There's true significant value with your wife in a spiritual relationship versus just the physical, which is those touchy-feely moments and interactions, the cleaning and the cooking and running errands. God made her a helper for you. And apparently, men need two. God, the Holy Spirit, and a wife. Listen to what God said through his disciple Moses in Genesis 2.18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Marriages that are centered, form, and grown with God at the center, there's harmony, and the wife completes her husband and brings significance and a harmonizing connectivity to her husband's physical and spiritual existence. Many husbands exist only in the physical relational aspect of life. 
and miss the richness of the spiritual fulfillment God intended through a marital relationship only found in the spiritual bonding of one man and one woman. It's a quality that far surpasses the physical realm, since at the core of the relationship is the physical, and we know physical things are temporary and pass away. It does make me wonder, though, when the marital relationships are solely based on the physical that maintains a temporal condition and it succumbs to the world, their own flesh, sin, they always cease to flourish. I mean, look at the world's divorce rate. You tell me what you see and what's at the core of the relationship, which is bound up in the flesh that begins to dwindle away till nothingness and the relationship extends only on the basis of convenience, desires, or desperation. The result? Fullness and satisfaction do not exist in this realm. It's temporary and unable to fully satisfy. It never achieves or produces the desired fullness that a spiritual relationship that is only established in and through and by God. It's one-dimensional, physical, fleshly relationship and it possesses no evidence of God the Holy Spirit's occupation, power, influence, and work. God created a helper to Joe, excuse me, getting wound up again. God created a helper to do just that. H-E-L-P. In your understanding, in the way you live, how you perceive things, she has been given specific qualities that God uses through her to help you. She's just not there for one role, and that's to produce children. She's a spiritual helper. In your understanding, God brings forth significant value once you understand who you are and what you've become in Jesus as his disciple. That's what Jesus knows. He knows the essence of the Trinity. He is of the personhood and personality of God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Being of the divine essence as one with a capital O, they can penetrate into humanity's essence and bring forth their light, their love, their power, their work. And when you're the recipient of that truth, and that work, it's a blessing to and through your marital relationship, and the unity is established within the essence of God. Their power, their spirit, their life, their truth, their ways come through you into your wife according to God's plan and purpose. So, what is the in, as God says, in an understanding way? It's easy to jump over those little words. That's a stroke. In. Well, the in is the inside, inward, within the essence of your wife, her inwardness in her spirituality. God has designated the husband as the spiritual leader. Therefore, you're fully accountable to God for your wife's spiritual nurturing, growth, guidance, and preparation to live out this wonderful life of, excuse me, this wonderful truth of God, and I wanted to put in there, I wanted to say, of discipleship, because she's going to be interacting with other disciples, other women, others that don't believe in the only true God. How is she going to disciple another wife if you're not giving and living out God's biblical principles? 
Well, she can just give her a book to read that says this is how the world does it. But we need to look at how God does it. Together you both become the living testimony of God in blessing of marriage. Your marriage is on display for all to see. God designed it to do well beyond the pictures and the gatherings, based on the surface, only to find one's marriage is on the rocks because you've thrown so many at each other, you both have rock pile at your feet. The in is in for both of you to live in the warmth and fullness of God's love that flows through you to her. I can only speak for myself, but let me first ask you. What do you do when your wife does or says something hurtful to you or about you? What's your first instinct? Is it to lash out and cause her to be hurt because she hurt you? Do you isolate your feelings and subsequently yourself because that's an easier approach to this difficult situation called sin? I'm certain Adam loved Eve. And because he did not live with her in an understanding way, God held them accountable. Please understand, God sees and hears all things. So you may be inside your home and the lights are out and car and it's dark in the corner. God is still watching and listening. You can count on that. And by the way, listen to this truth. It's Psalm 139.12. Even the darkness is not dark to you and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. Just think about that. If you thought that since the lights are out and the doors are closed, you're alone and can say and act like you want, but can you? And as you've heard me say, I can only speak for myself, so I will testify because I'm a husband that was delivered from the sin and control of anger, along with a pile of other sin, believe that. And anger and a plethora of sin was in control of my life and wreaking havoc in, havoc in me, my wife, and family. I was a constant practicer and deserved to be cast into hell and be separated from God forever. But all I can say is, but God. It was God that demonstrated his love toward me, saved me, delivered me from the domain of darkness and the bondage and captivity of sin. And 1 Peter 3, 7 is one of my memory verses. Believe that. And if he doesn't deliver me, I perish. And you don't hear a peep from me. I'm testifying to the truth. Well, for someone that God has delivered from the sin, destruction, and deep wounds of anger, and the damage it caused to myself and the lives of others, I needed a heart change. And now, with this new heart from God, God's word is now on the tablet of my heart. And I feel when I will call the bubbling, that's the urge to raise my voice, perform some physical expression like pound my hand on the table or slam the door, punch the wall. You know, you gotta know. I'm real darn mad and you're gonna see it, know it, and feel it. Can anyone testify or am I the only one? And when I sense that bubbling, knowing my flesh is still alive, I immediately stop. I stop that intentional internal combustion which is my flesh desiring to have its way with me and them. And the reason I stop is because I know how I was before God saved me. And that was a life that did not achieve the righteousness of God. Believe that. The plain old truth, I was an ogre. 
and it didn't matter who it was, they had to feel my fury, and my wrath was always at the end result. And my flesh and intent was that they needed to be hurt like I was hurting. And because they were the cause of it, then hopefully I can cause them to hurt all the more. Can anyone testify to this way of life and damage, destruction, and pain it caused in another's life, especially your spouse? Now, ladies, this would go on that side of the aisle, too. Or am I? Is she the only ones? I will say this, though. Will you give me permission to inquire at your home? I know my wife can testify. She could testify to the hurt and pain. But she can also testify to God's work of salvation. Believe that. My spouse wrote the foreword of my first book titled Walking the Way, Discipling Everywhere with a Fresh Set of Eyes. And I want you to listen to this short excerpt from the foreword, not quote her. Believe me, in 2003, if you had told me God would have placed it on his heart to write a book about discipleship, I would have laughed in your face. Why? Our hearts were as far as the east is from the west from God. Our marriage was a wreck full of selfish desires and disregard for another. Do you know any people personally that would have that as their testimony about their husband? Or are you someone that your wife really feels that way, but is putting on airs because that would be easier than telling you and would not want to experience your wrath again? Living in an understanding way is living out God's word where you need to live it out the most, your home. Because when I stop, it gives me time to say to myself, this you know. But everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of a man does not achieve the righteousness of God. That's James 1, 19 and 20 making a significant impact in my life. That's why having God's word is a remedy to sickness. And you can begin and live by the power of God the Holy Spirit to activate that remedy every single time. And it will be there every single time. When God's word is on the tablet of your heart, you have immediate access to it. And the opposition that happens between the spirit and the flesh and the battle is on, like Donkey Kong. Who do you side with, though? Do you side with the spirit or the flesh? Look around you. What do you see? Construction or destruction? Happiness or sadness? Order or chaos? Together or apart? Love or hate? God's word truly renews your mind, which causes your behavior to change. It's by God the Holy Spirit's power activating self-control. And you know what I do? I keep my mouth shut, ears open, and hands folded. If you have anger gnawing away at your innards, make James 1, 19 and 20 a memory verse, and you too will have this work of God come alive in you as well. I know your wife will thank God for it. I know mine has. The plain old truth, it's either righteousness, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, living, or unrighteous, quick to speak, miss or ignore, yell, then holler, then blow up like a bomb, 
pushing forth rage and fury living. And in God's eyes, it's either righteous or unrighteous living. Believe it or not, God has NGAs too. Now, wait a minute. Yeah, the perspective is I'm a Christian. Yeah, that's right. And God's got to honor his own word, regardless of what I do. Would I be correct in my assumption that God must do what he's supposed to do and I can do whatever I want and then try to use grace? You need to read the book about that. Am I correct or not? So to understand is to listen with your heart before your feelings get the best of you. To look at what is happening beyond what you may see or hear or interpret. You are a spiritual leader, so lead. You must understand that it's God's grace through his love that drives your conduct, not your feelings and emotions, especially your flesh and its sinful desires. Believe that. When you are faced with sinful acts of your wife's flesh, just like your own, you act in humility, extending grace and forgiveness with a listening ear and a closed mouth. You respond like God responds to you, in love. You demonstrate your understanding and intentionality of living out God's word. You desire as a disciple of Jesus and not just a husband. Because one leads with his heart. That's a disciple. And the husband leads with his ego. Because when God made you into a new creature, you became a disciple. Therefore, you're not a husband that needs to add discipleship to your life. You're a disciple that's a husband, not the other way around. So many misunderstand this truth of God, and in doing so, negatively and drastically affects and destroys their marriage and the effectiveness as a disciple. When anyone sees discipleship as an addition to their life versus the way of life as God intends it to be, then your life will take on a totally different dynamic than what you actually are able to live. Your life as a disciple of Jesus is a living testimony to be shared by demonstrating God's work in and through your life. It's the evidence of God the Holy Spirit's power and work alive in you for those in the world to see what God's salvation, work, and sanctification looks like and is carried out in and through your life as a husband. Because the world's specimens and what they declare marriages to be is immoral, corrupt, hideous, and wicked. Look around you. What do you see? So, as a disciple of Jesus, you are sanctified by God, which means that not only does God call you out of the world, he sets you apart from the world. Live like he has. Shouldn't your way of life and your marriage look distinctively different than the world's? A marriage based on God's word that possesses the God's attributes of love, light, morality, honesty, faithfulness, love, goodness. I mean, just to name a few. And even though you experience slips and falls in your marriage because one's own flesh and sin, disappointment and hurt that does result in painful experiences, you must learn to lean into your spirituality more than your flesh as you work toward reconciliation through the act of love called forgiveness. And as a man of God, your behavior honors your wife and God. Let me ask you, how often? Have you spent time in prayer with your wife? God gave her to you. Sometimes, when you go to God, you might ought to consider bringing her with you since God made you into one flesh. 
That does get me to wondering, though. Do you think if Adam prayed with Eve often, Eve would have remained faithful to God and her husband and not met with the devil? Take your wife with you next time. Amen? And to those disciples that are husbands, your life and marriage must be an imitation of Jesus' walk on this planet. Your marriage must be a representation of walking like him, talking like him, serving like him, loving like him, praying like him, being faithful like him, forgiving like him, extending grace like him, blessing like him, honoring the Father like him, obedient like him, granting mercy like him, teaching like him, listening like him, demonstrating compassion like him, living righteously like him, dwelling in the truth like him, denying yourself like him, sacrificing like him and standing firm like him and living out Matthew 4, 4 on every today, God gives you breath. Amen. Since I did share with you the forward and the condition of our marriage before God saved me, I would like to end with her comment and pray your wife can say, will say, and says the same about you. It may sound crazy to you, but we should all desire to be married to a man who loves God more than he loves us. Why? Because the love he has for God and God has for him flows from God through DL to me. I am the recipient of the love of Jesus through my husband. I am so thankful God has shaped DL into a man of God. His life reflects the love of Jesus in how he lives, serves, and loves God and others. Thank you, DL, for being a man after God's own heart, for being obedient, listening, being still, following the commands of the Lord, and putting down on paper all God intended so he will use it to change the lives of many. A true imitation of God's love, as it says in 1 Corinthians 13, I love you. What a wonderful thing to hear. Husbands, listen to this Godcast with your wife, or at least tell her about it. And if she listens, then allow her to speak her heart to you. Listen to what she says as to how you really live with her. And if it's not an understanding way, you know two things. One, your prayers are being hindered. And number two, not only are your prayers hindered, your relationship with God is hindered also. Believe that. So when... Your prayers are hindered, they remain with you versus traveling to God's ear and heart. What else do I need to say? What would you do if your child was defiant and disobedient to your commands? How would you respond? Would you incline your ear to hear them and then when they asked you just pop up and get what they asked? Yes or no? A pure milk of the word? The relationship with your wife is designed by God to be the closest physical and spiritual relationship in this spiritual realm, excuse me, in this physical realm that you have apart from your intimate spiritual relationship with God in the spiritual. When you're not living with your wife in an understanding way, you also lose access to God the Holy Spirit's transporting your prayers to God the Father's ears and heart. He does that, you know. And if you don't know that, go read Romans 8.26. And you know a discouraging thought? When you're not living with your wife in an understanding way, that means the way of access is hindered also. Now, 
If you truly desire to live with your wife in an understanding way and this life called discipleship, then if a talk is needed with your wife, then have it. If forgiveness is needed, ask for it. If repentance, seek it. Be purposeful in prayer and ask God for his forgiveness. Remember, forgiveness is one of the greatest expressions of love. And it begins the healing process. And God's work is carried out. And here's a promise to cling to. It's Psalm 147.3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. What God is actually saying heals and binds up wounds. Heals hearts and binds up wounds. Anybody need that? God is healing, y'all. That broken heart will be healed. Amen? And I can testify to the truth. We both know that's true. And when you're praying, ask God to empower you so that you can begin to live with her in an understanding way. Begin to live a life of obedience to God and His commands. And remember, if you need help, God the Holy Spirit is the other helper God gives to you. And He will be with you forever. You can find this promise in John 14, 6. As we head back up, take this with you. When it seems that God is not responding to your prayers, his answer may not be no. It may be because of how you're living with your wife and your prayers are hindered. I once heard a pastor say, if you wanted to truly know the character of a man, ask his wife. So, what do you suppose your wife would honestly say about your words and actions behind closed doors? There's a major misconception that could easily be eternally disastrous to one's spirituality and their eternal destination, and that is believing that God would do, needs to do, or has to do compared to what God says he will actually do. That's a warning. When you honor God in your marriage, God will honor your marriage. Am I really living in obedience to God's word and commands is a good question to ask yourself. Your mindset does determine the direction of your feet. Think of an apple. When an apple is good at the core, the flesh is good, although the skin could experience a bruise. However, when an apple is rotten at the core, the flesh is rotten as well and really doesn't matter the condition of the skin. Listen to Galatians 6.8 For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. My advice, based on what God said, sow to the Spirit, yours and your wife's, and live with your wife in an understanding way. Amen. Let me pray for you. Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. What a blessing you have bestowed on humanity by the creation of woman. You said it was not good for man to be alone and I will make him a suitable helper. And oh, loving Father, what a wonderful blessing and gift you have given to me. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for giving us this new life. Thank you for restoring our marriage. Thank you for showing us how to love you and each other and others. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for answered prayer. 
Forgive us, Father, for when we fail each other and when we sin against each other, and forgive us for when we sin against you. I ask that you move mightily into the husbands who are disciples. And for those who are alone today, desiring to have a wife, that they could share your marvelous gift of marriage in their life with, bring forth that helper into their life today. Incline your ear to hear their prayer. For those husbands that have yet to experience the fullness you have intended for them as husbands, open their hearts, mind, and eyes to see what you have provided them in and through their wife. I ask that you, by your infinite, unfailing love, unlimited mercy, boundless grace, and ceaseless compassion, O loving Father, you would incline your ear to hear the prayers and supplications from your women disciples that are currently living in a marriage that is far from what you have intended for them to live in a marriage that founded and built on the rock. And their husband is in a spiritual flourishing relationship with them. Open their eyes to see and understand and discern their role and responsibilities as disciples of Jesus as a husband. Empower them to see the things of the world are only designed to prevent them from being the husband you truly desire for them to be as disciples versus men that happen to be married. Deliver them from the power and control of their flesh, sin, and the captivity of the devil. I ask blessing over this ministry, and you, by your Spirit, continue to take it to the hearts you've ordained to hear. Thank you for today. Thank you for revealing your truth and your words. Thank you for listening. And how, as a disciple, live with my wife in an understanding way. I pray and ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, thanks for giving. Excuse me. I was getting ready to tell you. It was. I was getting ready to say. Sorry, it took so long. But there's a lot to say, and if this part of your life, if you don't have this much time for it, then I would have to say you need to sit down and take a real good look at your life. Thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease. His compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship, and keep walking the way.